0: Welcome to the Consumer Rundown Podcast, your destination for the people, companies, and trends transforming today's consumer markets. We are your hosts. I'm Penny. And I'm Dimitri. On today's episode, we talk to Dan Cohen, the co-founder of Neon Bandit, a performance socks company based in Boston, Massachusetts. Dan and his sister, Sammy, launched and scaled Neon Bandit over the last 10 years. If you're interested in understanding how to launch and operate an e-commerce business in today's environment, this episode is for you. Dan, thank you for joining us. It's uh, great to have you. I want to begin by learning about how you started Neon Bandits. What was the inspiration for the company? Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and honored that you reached out to us to be on the podcast. Neon Bandits
1: is a uh, performance sock brand that we like to say are built for those that don't sit still. We design and produce performance-inspired socks that are really durable enough to be worn while working out or just kind of in everyday life. My co-founder on this is actually my sister. We started the company as a result of a need that we saw. So we're both athletes growing up. I played basketball and baseball and Sammy played soccer. We were always on the go from one activity to the next, and that kind of on-the-go mentality continued throughout college, early on in our professional careers. After graduate school, I actually found myself working in the apparel industry And I was traveling all across a different country to different colleges. In particular, one trip down to Texas, the University of Texas, I noticed that a lot of students were walking around in like high white or black tube socks with kind of fun colored vans and a light bulb went off for me around socks. And I continued to travel to these colleges and I needed to get dressed up to meetings that I was having on campus with different athletic departments and other personnel And I hated wearing dress socks. I would rip them off the second I would get back into my hotel room because I just they were like dingy and they just really weren't performing for my foot. And I kept thinking there has to be a better sock solution. I knew that wearing a plain white or black tube sock really wouldn't cut it if I had to dress up, not a good look. And I didn't like the way that plain tube sock felt for me. So after a trip, I was chatting with my sister who at the time was in retail consulting. We put our heads together and thought that we should try to build a sock brand that addressed the problem that, that we thought was in the market in the sense that there was no all-in-one sock that you could wear while working out, hanging out at work. So that's how the idea was born.
0: The name Neon Bandits is very catchy. What were the brand values that you wanted to make sure came across to your customers? We didn't want to be just like another sock brand, another stock company, we
1: wanted it to be something that was fun and edgy and had a little bit of energy and vibe to it. So the name Neon Bandits, we actually thought of was probably the easiest part of the mm-hmm. business formation process, because we just thought that that name really resonated well with the brand that we were trying to build,
0: the energy that we were trying to capture. Did you always know you wanted to start something? Or in this case, was it just seeing it, an opportunity and then going after it?
1: I've always been entrepreneurial. So I actually started my first business in elementary school. I grew up outside of Boston and obviously Boston is famous for lovely. When I say lovely, I'm being joking, (laughs) winters in terms of a lot of snow. And so I actually shoveled driveways with my brother during my childhood and actually carried that business on throughout college as well. It was kind of like my first business. And then in high school, I sold Red Sox themed t-shirts around school. That was really fun for me. And my goal really
0: has been to someday run my own business full-time correct me if i'm wrong but neon bandits is more of a side project do you ever envision it becoming your full-time job
1: when we first launched neon bandits so we went live eight years ago we started thinking about the business 10 years ago so it took us like a year and a half or so two years to actually go live with the business we definitely thought that this would be a full-time thing and then we quickly got into it and realized wow it's hard to make a living running this full time. So for anyone that's out there that's thinking about starting a business, you should really try starting something small like we've done with Neon Bandits and see costs add up. We're selling something as simple as a sock and charge like $13 for it on our website. But by the time you get done with product costs, design costs, taxes, there's not much money left. So you have to do a substantial amount of volume to actually make enough to make a living. While we are Thankfully, it is profitable. It's not at the stage where we could do something full-time, unfortunately, but it is something that's
0: fun and does make us money, but not to support the lifestyle that we'd like to have. How did you overcome this? Was Neon Bandits completely bootstrapped or did you raise outside capital?
1: Growing up, I always had a job, whether it's was snow shoveling, selling t-shirts. In high school, I got a job as like a swim instructor. I always found a way to make money and I took some of the money that I had earned and invested into the business. So we didn't need to ask for any outside capital or anything like that. We viewed it as an investment in ourselves. That's a great perspective
0: and the right mindset to have as a founder.
1: Once you put your money on the line, things become real very, very quickly. And we learned that very quickly. You know, the first couple of months were a little bit rocky when we both invested a substantial amount of money and we weren't seeing results initially. How are we going to get this money back? And it becomes really... Something like you've never experienced before until your own money's on the line.
0: What were some of the challenges at the beginning?
1: We obviously talked to different people about our designs and kind of tested the product a little bit. Everyone's like, oh, these are great. And we kind of just figured, oh, we'll put these on, throw these on a website, do a couple social posts to our friends. And this will get some buzz and, and we'll sell a ton of socks. And that didn't happen. We had to figure out ways to sell our product. We had 7,000 pairs of socks that were sitting in my parents' basement that we needed to sell through. And so we had to get creative and and think differently. And one of the ways we did that was creating a unique wholesale program Mm -hmm. with gyms. We noticed that a lot of gyms were selling apparel and we're like, you know what, we're going to start cold outreaching to CrossFit gyms, not in sales, but I quickly had to learn how to sell. And we developed a special wholesale program for CrossFit gyms, where for every like dozen pairs that they ordered, they would get two free pairs of socks for the trainers and staff to wear. We figured if the trainers and staff were wearing the socks, the people training at the CrossFit gyms would want to purchase a pair of socks. And that happened, that played out. Orders would slowly start to trickle in for a dozen, two dozen, three dozen pairs. And all of our socks, the inventory started to sell through, which was awesome. And what we heard from the gyms was like, your socks are great. Can you do custom socks? Initially, we don't know if we really want to get into that game. And then we started thinking about it. We're like, custom is interesting because we don't need to take an inventory risk. We get the cash up front and it's a good way to get the name out there. And finally, it allows us to get into verticals outside of gyms, like breweries, restaurants, running stores. And that's exactly what we did. We started creating custom socks for all different types of industries. In particular, we focused on CrossFit gyms and breweries. And just like kind of like our wholesale program that I described, the people started ordering the custom socks. The custom sock orders grew from 100 to 200 to 300 pairs. And that's kind of like how the business started
0: to scale and grow. Your wholesale strategy, was this a case of doing something different or doing something better? In the custom end, people were doing it they weren't
1: doing it to our level. We partner with our customer to develop something fully custom and special to them, which really differentiates us from all of the competition. And just to give you a couple of examples, breweries are obviously very popular. A lot of breweries come out with like limited edition drops and have fancy can art and stuff like that. We do socks that match the can art, which is really unique. It really helps the sell through in the brand visibility for for that brewery. And our customer service is obviously top-notch. We care about every customer. The service
0: with the quality and customization has really helped us win. You've been in business for almost 10 years now. What were some of the lessons that you learned?
1: The biggest lessons that I've learned is your product is everything. If you have a bad product, you might be able to get someone to order once, but they really won't order from you again. Taking the time to build a strong product will pay off. If you have a strong product, so much pressure will be taken off of other areas of your business like marketing, customer success, and customer support. People will come to reorder from you, they won't be complaining as much. So product is center point of everything, no matter what business you're in. Secondly, kind of as I spoke to a little bit ago, relationships are really, really essential. So we thoughtfully design each sock that we do and we try to make it personalized to each of the customers that we work with. So this matters, especially in a highly competitive market, because from my experience, people remember people. So people don't necessarily remember businesses. But if you develop a relationship with them, they'll remember you. Uh, And finally, listening to your customers and being able to adapt is essential. So we never thought we'd be doing custom work, but our customers wanted it. And so we listened to them. And as a result of that, we basically have more than 5x to our initial investment and we're profitable. And if we really didn't make this pivot, we would have failed and lost the money that we put into the business. It's really been an awesome experience for both Sammy and I. Like we've grown as siblings, business people, and individually. And like anyone that tells me they're thinking about starting a side hustle business, just do it. You're going to learn so much about yourself and grow a
0: ton more so than any of your jobs that you've ever had. A few years ago, I launched a skincare brand. And throughout that journey, I felt like I grew professionally and personally. How did you measure your own growth? I can point to one specific
1: thing. I've learned that if you can't sell, you're not gonna be successful in business. And so this experience has helped me learn how to sell, like selling actual socks, but also like selling myself and our vision and what we're trying to do. And that has helped me in my career,
0: become more confident and comfortable in every role that I've had. When you were first starting, was there a person that you wanted to emulate or did you have a role model? Our grandfather
1: growing up had his own business and pretty much worked to the day he passed away because he was so passionate about his work and it really kept him going and thinking and everything like that. He loved to work and I certainly got that trait passed on to me, which is kind of both a blessing and a curse because it's really hard for me to turn off. Secondly, our dad, he's had his own business pretty much for his entire professional career. He was the first one in his family to go to college and worked his way through college selling insurance. And then early on in his professional career, he left a larger insurance company to start his own. As I grew up, I became more and more aware of business and really looked up to my dad for what he was able to do and how he was able to be like an unbelievable
0: dad but also being a successful business. Those are great models to have. What are some of the challenges that entrepreneurs face today that you didn't face when you first started?
1: So much harder, I think now, to start a business than it was 10 years ago. Specifically, if you're talking about like an e-commerce business, the space has become super crowded. Everybody is moving online. Everyone has an online store. Everyone advertises on Facebook, Instagram, have influencers. And it's more expensive than ever to advertise and market, which makes it obviously more difficult to acquire new customers. And more businesses are starting because I feel like there's a lot of talking heads, quote unquote, influencers online Making it seem like running a business is easy when it's actually super hard to do. I don't think people realize how difficult it is until they get out there and actually do it. And like, oh crap, like this is super hard. This is as easy as it makes out to be. I think with just the more competition, more noise in the market, more people are trying to do this and realizing that this is
0: actually really, really challenging. Dan, those are all great points. What advice would you give someone who's thinking about launching a new business? I think that they should obviously take
1: time to think through whatever product that they're trying to go to market with and understand if it's something that a consumer actually wants and needs before going live with it. For example, if you wanted to make t-shirts and just making this up like a way to test this is like get a small run done you know pay a little bit more to get like you know 20 25 shirts done and take the shirts down to like a local market or something like that and try selling them talk to people see what they have to say and it's really not that difficult to do you just need to take the time to do it you need to be methodical about the steps you're taking before you invest a significant amount
0: of time and money into it to test first that makes sense What's your long-term vision for Neon Bandits? What do you want to accomplish over the next 10 years? This is an interesting question because you know if you'd asked me 10 years ago what we
1: wanted to do, I would be like, this is a full-time job, we can quit corporate America. But for the next 10 years, we want to be able to continue to do what we've been doing creating like custom socks for small and growing businesses. We really love working with small businesses. Like It's so cool to develop a really quality product for them and to give them an opportunity to make revenue off of it and give them a really quality product to do that with. We've experimented this year with launching a winter hat for the first time. While the results have been good, I think we're probably going to stick to socks mostly. There's certainly some new segments within the athletic space that we're eyeing that we'd like to get involved in that we think are, are ripe for the picking. So for example, like pickleball, we've started to experiment a little bit within that space and seen some results. So it'd be cool to try to become more geared towards pickleball people. And then you know, there's certain accounts
0: that we have been trying to get for years that we would love to be able to land. I've been following the pickleball trend as well. It's becoming very popular in California. What principles have guided you during your journey with Neon Bandits?
1: It's something that my dad actually said early on. Everything is about the customer and your entire philosophy needs to be centered on the customer. You need to understand like what the customer wants and know that the customer is always right. So even if a customer is being a pain in the neck and you know they're wrong, you need to do whatever you can to please them because like a happy customer will not only come back to you, but they'll tell others to do business with you. So we really live by this principle. Proof point of that is if you look up our Google reviews, you'll only see five-star reviews for us.
0: I think you make a great point. You see this over and over again. Companies that are customer-centric do much better than companies that are not. As a way to wrap up our discussion, which has been very fascinating, if our listeners want to check out Neon Bandits, what's the best way to do it?
1: You can go to our website, neonbandits.com, check out the designs that we have, we work with over 250 different businesses across the U.S., from breweries to restaurants to running stores that might carry our products. So shoot me an email at dan at neonbandits.com if you want to you know, see if any local businesses in your area carry our socks and I can direct you to the right people.
0: Dan, thanks for joining us. It's been a really great conversation. Yeah, thank you for having us. It was nice to chat. This concludes our conversation with Dan Cohen from Neon Bandits. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe for more episodes of Consumer Rundown Podcast and visit us at consumerrundown.com. See you next time.